Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you are doing well, and thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome to another episode of Sunday Zine Club. This is a weekly show where we are taking a look at uh, the greatest artifact in the RPG hobby. No, I'm not talking about the Rod of Seven Parts. I'm talking, of course, about those DIY bastions of creativity, the RPG zine. And it's a huge show today, huge show. Zine Quest has kicked off, so I've got a ton of stuff from creators and bloggers talking about that. I'm going to share with you stuff that I've backed, stuff that I'm following along with. Uh, I've got the usual grab bag of other stuff, reviews and news. The ever-popular free zine of the week. And then a special interview with the guru, the mastermind behind the Highland Paranormal Society, Nate Tremay. Whose name, incidentally, I've been uh, mispronouncing for over a year. So, But Nate was very kind about that, so. Um, so anyway, a lot to get to, so I'm not going to spend too much time with the intro, but, um, anyway, uh, before we get into it, I do have a call in. Let's check that out. Hey, Froth, it's Ivy, and I want to say I enjoyed your podcast with Ray. I like listening to the back and forth and the whole thing. And Zine Quest, you know, I don't feel like it's saturated, a saturated market yet. I feel like it's still alive and exciting and a lot of flurry going on. I don't know if it will be. I don't know as the next week comes in and as a month goes down. I don't know. But right now, it just seems like a, a lot of fun. And thank you again for supporting Tim. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Whisk out. That was Ivy the Happy Whisk there from the Happy Whisk podcast, as well as the Happy Whisk YouTube channel. Always good to hear from you. And yeah, no, I'm enjoying the Zine Quest. I'm loving it. The only thing that's not loving it is my wallet. So... Um, I think it's actually really good for both the customer and the creator because customers get to see a bunch of stuff at once, you know, and, uh, they might otherwise have missed and kind of the same thing for the, for the creator, you know, your, your stuff is kind of, um, in this case, it's kind of good to be grouped in with a bunch of other things. I think, uh, you know, obviously you can release scenes any time of the year. You don't have to wait for February, but this kind of makes it an event. And uh, I think, uh, well, the results seem to be uh, bearing out what I'm saying because most everything is funded. So Ivy's also making reference to uh, last week's conversation I had with Ray Otis, Legendary Anchorite from the Plundergrounds podcast and Plunderground Zine, as well as Tim Shorts, who was on the first episode of Sunday Zine Quest and whose uh, Hunters in Death uh, Zine Quest Kickstarter has funded and uh, is doing well. Also want to give a, before we get into the Zine Quest stuff, I want to give a shout out to another couple of legendary anchorites podcasting here on Anchor that have uh, Zine Quest offerings that both funded. Dave Aldridge from the D Percentile podcast is doing a Kung Fu supplement for the Black Hack It's called Mud Harbor. It is funded. Play that black hack and want to add some kung fu goodness in there. Check that out. And also Rudy from Rudy's RPG Retrofit podcast is doing one. Uh, This looks pretty interesting. Sinister Red. I've seen some people mention it. uh, It gets mentioned again on some of the links later in the show. And uh, so Rudy's doing Sinister Red. So congrats to all those anchorites doing that zine quest goodness. All right, so Zine Quest. I guess the first thing I should tell you is to have a plan as you approach Zine Quest because as you start looking at this stuff, you're going to see that there is just a diverse and huge variety of zines. And if you're anything like me, you're going to want, you know, basically all of them. But um, if you're like me, you're also not going to be able to buy all of them. So. Uh, if I'm you, here's my plan. I'm setting a target for how much money I'm going to spend. And I'm not backing stuff right away. I'm following a lot of stuff along because all the releases are staggered throughout the month. They are not all coming, you know, they didn't all come out on the first. You know, uh, you're going to be seeing, I, I mean, I saw three or four just pop up today. So 
your best bet is to follow a few along, kind of get some favorites going, so that when you finally do kind of pull the trigger on it, uh, you, you know you're not uh, you're not hurting yourself. My target, I'm looking at back and hopefully like 15 or so, trying to keep it in that 150 range, uh, and I'm basically halfway there. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, first. I'm going to talk about some blog posts and announcement I saw different creators and what they're working on and I'll have all those links again at the Thought Eater, Thought Eater blog and then I'm going to talk about what I backed and what I'm following. My first attempt okay, at doing this was I was going to go through every single release and uh, it ended up being 30 minutes of me you know, just basically listing stuff uh, that was not uh, compelling listening, put it that way. So the first link you're going to see over under the uh, the uh, Zine Quest tab is a link just to take you to a Kickstarter page with a search for all the Zine Quest stuff. I would filter it uh, by the sort sort it by newest because they do kind of put everything from last year's Zine Quest tied into this, and uh, be be sure you're looking at the bottoms of each little blurb so that you can tell how many days it has to go. As I already mentioned. You know, nothing's going to be lasting more than 14 days. So the other piece of advice I would give you is, you know, um, I, I enjoy old school games a lot, but, you know, I wanted to make sure I'm back in a couple of things that are, you know, completely different, just something off the wall, something that you're never going to find anywhere else but in a zine and maybe from some creator that you never heard of before, someone that just has a really interesting idea, something outside your comfort zone. So Given the amount of creativity that and, and the variety that I'm seeing, that's not going to be hard for you to do. But my advice would be to just to, since it's a zine, since it's something kind of unique, uh, kind of a unique, unique keepsake with a lot more character than just a you know a textbook from a from a gaming company. My advice would be to pick uh, one or two things that are just uh, you know something completely different, and I think you'll be happier for having done that. So anyway, getting to the blog stuff. In no particular order, starting over at Sexually Transmitted Centipedes, sexuallytransmittedcentipedes.blogspot.com. They have put out a zine called Centipedes, a system agnostic zine, and uh, so they're a blog that I follow. They've got a link. You want to see that announcement post. That's from Chuffer, and I've got a link to that. Also linking from the Down in the Chthonic Deeps blog, chthonic-halls.blogspot.com. They have one of the four uh, Zine Quest Quartet zines for Soul Muppet Publishing's Best Left Buried Zine Quest. So if you want to see a little information about that, I've got a link for you. This one's going to come up again, but over the Alone in the Labyrinth blog, aloneinthelabyrinth.blogspot.com, they are talking about Pariah, their release uh, for Zine Quest. It looks absolutely fantastic. A psychedelic, animist, neolithic sandbox. I'll be mentioning that one again. Over at Archon's Court, Luther Gutekunst, archons-court.blogspot.com. King of Dust is their release. They're talking about it over there. A rules light cyberpunk RPG. You can check that out. Again, I've got links to all this stuff. Vulpanoid Games. Vulpanoid.blogspot.com. Michael Winman is doing Beneath the Glass and Steel. Uh, the first few issues of that zine. And uh, so Michael Winman actually does some, some pretty good stuff. They've got a game called The Law based around Judge Dredd that was really good. So... Uh, check this out, vulpanoid.blogspot.com. Steve C. over the Borderlands blog, dndborderlands.blogspot.com, is launching Dice Roll Zine number three. I got the first two of these, just a good all-around OSR zine. So you can check that out. David Sherdwin, I was mentioning uh, a review of their Low Country Crawl last week. They've got a post up about the two zines they're going to release uh, for Zine Quest. Tempered Legacy and Marsh Goons. Marsh Goons sounds like a Tunnel Goons type thing, so that makes sense since I've got uh, Nate Tremay coming on the show. Check that out at technicalrimoire.com. Unlawfulgames.blogspot.com is talking about Gourmet Street, Fantasy Street Food Adventuring, which sounds like an adventure, uh, an, an interesting, adventurous project. So... 
I haven't seen this one actually out on um, uh, on the Kickstarter page yet, um, but uh, maybe it will be by the time you're listening to this. So it looks kind of interesting. A new setting, um, uh, Gourmet Street, with one million food vendors and menus. Never eat the same thing twice. So Over at the explorersco.com, this one comes up again in a little bit. The Great Soul Train Robbery, a preview. A complete RPG in zine form featuring Desperados robbing the train to hell. So you can look about look at that one over at theexplorersco.com. And I should also mention over at theexplorersco.com, they've got a couple of other uh, uh, Kickstarter zine quest previews. These are really good. Uh, one for No Stone Unturned. And uh, let's see, this one... Uh, a complete tabletop role-playing game for two to six players. Players create characters and locations and take turns as the arbiters of the world, meaning there is no set game master. So they're previewing that, and then they're also previewing Terror of the Stratosphere number two, a new tentacle and sorcery zine for DCC RPG. And uh, this is uh, Clayton Notestein's blog, theexplorersco.com, and these are uh, actually really great posts. They give you a, a lot of detail and, and a good preview of these zines, so check these out if you're interested in those. Over at YakHack, yak-hack.blogspot.com, The Scode Chronicles, uh, an RPG zine about a vicious world. So that one's launching on the 14th, so I've got an announcement blog post for that one for you. DG Chapman, over at the Grave Robber's Guide, graverobbersguide.blogspot.com, has theirs launched, Butchery. I know this one's already funded, a game system they wrote for their home game. Um, and so, yeah, Butchery, you can read more about that. It's got links to the Kickstarter there. Over at the Ruins of Murkhill, original Dungeons & Dragons blog, they are talking about Willow that comes up again. Willow, a grim micro-setting Kickstarter. Um, so I'll talk about that one in a minute. And then there were three different bloggers that kind of put their picks up. And I won't spoil them for you. You can go over and look and see what Tim uh, Shorts from Gothridge Manor uh, singled out. You can go over and see what Pandatheist from the Bonebox Chant blog, boneboxchant.wordpress.com. You can see what they're backing and looking at. And then at the Thacko RPG blog, Ryan Marsh is highlighting three great zines on Kickstarter now, thackorpg.blogspot.com. So those are just some kind of, you know, peripheral links to the uh, ZineQuest stuff that I compiled for you. And one extra one uh, that I noticed after I'd already put this together over at uh, DungeonsPossums.blogspot.com, Dungeons and Possums, they put together a good list, uh, ZineQuest 2020, Week 1. Uh, they're highlighting a number of the different zines and talking about, you know, their picks and what they backed and everything. So check that out. It's really well put together. So I'm sure the question on everyone's mind is, but Froth, what are you backing, right? Yeah, sure. I'm sure you are curious. Now, I preface all this by saying, uh, you know, there are so many good things. I wish I could back everything. Uh, but due to life choices, I'm just unable to spend that much money on the zines. <laughs> that being said, uh, you know, What's cool is I saw someone listing the stuff they were looking at and and backing on Twitter, and it was completely different than the stuff that I was looking at. And that just shows you the the variety that you're looking at here. So there's something for everybody. And the other cool thing is, almost everything I've seen, you know, at least stuff that's been, um, you know, you know, up on Kickstarter for a few days has already funded. So uh, I think everybody's gonna, you know, pretty much everybody's gonna do well. Um, and uh, so anyway. What have I gone ahead and backed? I've backed, uh, let's see, three, four. I've backed eight so far, so I'm about halfway to my my target. Uh, and I'm following another, let's see. I've got another, I think, like, yeah, I've got another five right now that I'm following. And then there's some stuff that just hasn't come up yet that I know I'm going to end up backing. But... Uh, so yeah, it's getting, it's dangerous. I've, I've got to be, start being selective. That said, uh, one of the things I've got, uh, the beloved underbelly, 
a faction-based OSR RPG adventure zine, uh, which maybe by itself wouldn't have made me go for it, but then I saw nomadic beekeepers, entrepreneurial taxidermists, and feral hogs. And so this one, just based on sheer originality and the cool um, art and everything, uh, from Philippe Ricard, had to back it, the beloved underbelly. Uh, this one kind of checks the boxes. I was talking about doing something unusual, you know, back in something unusual. Campfire Memories, a tabletop RPG about looking back fondly on a terrible camping trip. <laughs> Familial bonding through recreational hardship. So this one was completely original, and I like the kind of warped sense of humor. Campfire Memories. This one I mentioned before, but Pariah. Now this, the artwork is stunning. And the hook, psychedelic, neolithic, animist, old school roleplay, powerless to resist. From Sofenho, Alone in the Labyrinth. I believe this uh, creator is based in Vietnam. And this thing looks just completely, completely awesome. So Pariah, that's another one I'm backing. I'm backing What Happened at Wyvern Rock, Issue 2, Strange Places. This is one that I backed uh, Issue 1 la with last year's Zine Quest, and I was really pleased with the results. The creator here, um, Drew Measure, actually carves their own wood blocks to do, like, ink, you know, block printing for these. And I love the subject matter of fantasy meets UFOs and, and cryptozoology and everything, so... What Happened at Wyvern Rock, Zine Issue 2, backed it. This one had the hook to end all hooks, so had to go for it. Mage Against the Machine. Check this out. A tabletop RPG about time-traveling wizards risking it all to stop the robot apocalypse. Powerless to resist it. This is from Jordan, and the artwork looks great on this one. Plus, I, I, I'm interested in some of these zines where the, the zine presents a new game system, so... This one's a whole RPG about time-traveling wizards fighting a p robots. So, Wow, and when you talk about great art, the best-looking art, I have to say, um, so far has been uh, one Pariah and uh, Willow. This this Willow one, a grim micro-setting. Uh, oh my gosh, this is from Shane Walsh. And uh, world-class, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, so just based on the art, I mean, I love the ideas here too, but the art was enough to, to, to put that one, you know, in the, uh, you know, to click back, back that sucker. <laughs> uh, Tim Shorts, I had Tim Shorts on the show a couple weeks ago, so I backed Hunters and Death, always supporting Tim's stuff. Hunters and Death, old school hex crawl. And uh, let's see, oh, and the first one that I backed, I love this idea, and it kind of, again, uh, it was something different, uh, something really original that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, Green Dawn Mall, a zine quest game, an RPG zine game about teens exploring an endless mall in search of their lost friend. So you're looking through this endless, distorted mall, and the further you go, the stranger things get. This is from uh, Komei Martin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Green Dawn Mall. So that one, that one, uh, that one was exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for. To be honest with you, something different and something cool and something that's going to be, you know, really uh, kind of a treasure. Uh, a really cool zine like that. So what am I saving to look at? Well, one of them is called Snomes. Magical snowy gnomes. In dangerously stupid situations, a little quirky RPG game about snowy gnomes in dangerous, dangerously stupid situations. Snomes. This one has uh, higher tiers where you can get little snomes dice and stuff. Uh, and I love the production design and everything. This one might be fun to play with kids. It looks like another one that I'm saved. Uh, you know, I don't play a ton of Dungeon Crawl Classics. That's the only reason I haven't back this one yet but i love the concept so i'll probably end up doing it one of us sideshow salvation in a dystopian dust bowl a weird americana setting for dcc and they cite as influences uh, something wicked this way comes and the show carnival so you get an idea of that one the great soul train robbery i mentioned that i love the idea of a desperados robbing the train to hell and that's another one that's got a, you know, the, the zine contains a whole new game. So uh, I'm thinking about that one. Uh, this one, Nagundo, 
system agnostic dungeon crawler, the hook just kind of got me. Every zine is different. It's all randomly generated. So Nagundo looks pretty interesting. And then uh, finally, the, the other one that I've got saved at the moment, The Company, Corporate Survival Horror. And this one is really different. Uh, it's two books, and I love the production design on this one. The books are kind of designed to look like something you might find in a really, you know, kind of stuffy uh, uh, dystopian office or something. And uh, so, I don't know. Uh, that one sounded cool. A corporate survival horror RPG about capitalistic meddling and greed set against a backdrop of industrial disaster. So, a lot to like on that one. But there were so many other good ones. I, I mentioned a bunch already. Last week I was talking about Ben Milton's uh, Waking of Willoughby Hall. There's a cool looking uh, map labeling RPG game called Beak, Feather, and Bone I see a lot of interest in. There's a roller derby one called Derby Drama that looks really cool. Um, I could just keep going. You know, there's, there's like a hundred of these up right now. And uh, like I say, I wish I could back them all. There's all kinds of good stuff no matter what you're into. If you're into OSR, 5e... Powered by the Apocalypse. Uh, there's some cool stuff for the new Trophy RPG that I've seen. Uh, there's some really off-the-wall stuff like Fruit of Law, an RPG about morality and the written word told with a single pomegranate. So there's no shortage of cool and interesting stuff. So um, anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to have links at least to, to my picks and the stuff that I'm uh, that I'm looking at. I'm going to have links to all the blog post announcements that I talked about, and then I'll have just a link that'll take you straight to a search page that'll, uh, you'll be able to navigate through the different Kickstarters that released, have released so far. Keep in mind, they're, they're, it's not like, uh, usual on Kickstarter where you have 30 days or something to think about it. These are quick, quick, quick. So anyway, congratulations to all the people that have, uh, gotten up the courage and, uh, and, and, and done the work to put something up and uh, congratulations uh, to those whose, whose stuff is funded, being able to shift from uh, that anticipation and hoping it funds to, to uh, doing some of the fun stuff and, and, and creating it and doing the fulfillment. So anyway, congratulations to everybody except for my wallet. All right. Into the grab bag of stuff that I spotted for you this week. Starting over at Blackgate, Blackgate Adventures in Fantasy Literature, great blog, blackgate.com. And this is kind of just, uh, it's not, you know, amazing stories. It's a look back, a retro review of the 1979 November issue of Amazing Stories. Uh, you could look at this as a professional magazine, but as you look back at it now, it's got a lot in common with zines. And I, it, it's got a lot of shots of like spreads from the magazine that I thought could really inform uh, zine design and were just fantastic. I put, I put one up of a story called Prosthesis, but uh, all of the artwork and, and the layout is incredible. So take a look at that and see if you agree. Uh, look at this old Amazing Stories issue over at blackgate.com. Uh, Axes and Orcs, I mentioned them last week. They were reviewing uh, Terror of the Stratosphere number one. And uh, it was either last week or the week before. And now they're reviewing uh, Terror of the Stratosphere 1.5. Terror of the Stratosphere 2 is actually successfully funded as on uh, Kickstarter right now for Zine Quest 2. So it kind of ties in with that. If you want to see what the these uh, first couple of issues were, were all about, that's over at axesandorcs.blogspot.com. One of my favorite blogs, OSR Grimoire, Paleo Logos. I mentioned they had done a, uh, a walkthrough of the Strategic Review number one, uh, either last week or week before. It's blending together in the old froth brain, but they've got a review uh, walkthrough of the Strategic Review number two. Uh, fantastic stuff if you want to read through that and then uh, track that down. Over at onthetabletop.blog, Aaron Clark over there has got a post, Hammer of the Gods, and they're talking about uh, playing Warhammer back in the old days in the, the mid-80s and uh, how much they loved it. And then they're looking back at the first uh, Citadel book that they cherished after the rules, and this was the Citadel Journal from spring 86. And what's cool, they put up a link where you can uh, kind of flip through the pages and read through this uh, old uh, kind of gaming zine online. Uh, so uh, a lot of cool images and another just, you know, layout stuff like that that I thought people would be interested in. The early Warhammer stuff was really special. 
Speaking of early Warhammer and Games Workshop and everything else, I follow Ian Livingstone on Twitter, and they were putting up a post that uh, had an image of the old Owl and Weasel newsletter, which was the precursor to White Dwarf. And that kind of took me over to Unbound.com, where it is showing that even Livingstone and Steve Jackson are crowdfunding a hardback book on the history of Games Workshop called Dice Men, Games Workshop 1975 to 1985. Looks really cool. I figure people will be interested in it. And how does it tie into zines? Well, at one of the pledge levels, uh, the Owl and Weasel pledge level and above, you not only get the limited edition hardback signed by the authors, but and also get a reproduction copy of Games Workshop's newsletter, Owl and Weasel Number 1. So that is a really cool uh, you know, uh, a cool bonus level there, bonus tier. And, uh, you know, I, I, if they, I'm sure some people have copies of those. I'd love to read through those early Allen weasels. Um, uh, but those are like impossible to find. So anyway, um, I know some listeners are, are into this stuff and, uh, might be interested in that. So you, you, it looks like, uh, the, the lowest pledge level, 45 bucks, We'll get you the hardback, the 288-page hardback, signed by the authors, Dice Men, Games Workshop, 1975 to 1985. Taking it way back to the pulp era, astounding science fiction, April 1944. This is at Science Fiction Magazines, ffsfmagazines.com. Again, not technically a zine, but peripheral to the conversation. If you want to see some of this art and see these really true pulp layouts here, um, uh, I just thought that was, was kind of just a cool novelty historical thing. SFMagazines.com, looking back at astounding science fiction from April 1944. Back to the modern, but old school modern. This is at NZGeist.com. They're looking at the maximum hit point number one OSR zine. Uh, they say rules-wise it's based uh, around 1E Osric. 50-page zine. Uh, it looks pretty pro, looks pretty good, and uh, they give it a uh, positive, uh, you know, an overall positive review. Uh, let's see. Wormwood, Wormwoodiana. Okay, I, some of these blogs, I don't know how I end up at them, but, you know, I've got like a thousand things on my blog roll, the read or die blog roll at this point, so... Uh, but anyway, this is a blog devoted to fantasy, supernatural, and decadent literature, Wormwoodiana. And they've got a review of a new issue of Biblio Curiosa. So this zine is about, it's devoted to unusual writers and strange books. So not specifically RPG related, but still very cool and, uh, and something I thought uh, my listeners might be interested in. So I've got a link talking about this. This uh, cool-looking zine, Biblio Curiosa, all about unusual writers and strange books. That's at wormwoodiana.blogspot.com. Finally, on the grab bag, i got another review for you. This is from Dungeons & Possums over at dungeonspossums.blogspot.com. Looking at one from uh, last year, Zine Quest release, The Temple of the Blood Moth. I've since picked this up. Uh, can't remember if I did it on Google Plus or... Or when exactly I got it, but I got myself a copy. I think it's pretty good. It's by Jacob Butcher, uh, edited by Skirples, and they've got a detailed review of it. And let's see, they give it uh, seven rampaging mutant possum hybrid trash angels out of ten. So. <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Possums always does a good job reviewing stuff, so I've got a link over that. Temple of the Blood Moth. All right, so I am thrilled today to be introducing to the program, welcoming to the club, the mastermind behind the Highland Paranormal Society, creator of such titles as Light of In the Light of a Ghost Star, Tunnel Goons, and one of my personal favorites, Wander, the business card RPG, Nate Tremay, welcome to the club. Hey, Froth, thanks for having me, glad to be here. So I have to say, um, in the, the few short weeks that I've been doing the Sunday Zine Club show, one of my favorite things about it has been having the chance to actually have conversations with folks that I had just previously kind of interacted with a little bit on social media, but never had uh, very deep discussions. And I was thinking about how I first became like aware of, of you and your work. It was kind of during the Google Plus days. 
and I, I could see the kind of esoteric, uh, all seeing eye kind of imagery in, in your avatar and everything. And, and, and then the title Highland Paranormal Society. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about where that title comes from? Is it like a, a psychedelic artist commune or something nefarious or where does that come from exactly? Um, so I live in a neighborhood called Highland in Shreveport, Louisiana and actually psychedelic, uh, not psychedelic, but an artist commune is not far off to be honest. But, uh, um, before I played any RPGs or was making any RPG content, I was trying to make a zine that was sort of uh, paranormal, uh, horror stories and uh, just general weirdness, um, with people here in my community and uh it never i never got it together we never were able to get it together and publish but i used that name highland paranormal society for uh pretty much all my art stuff i was doing i was making i was making a lot of posters and selling posters and uh doing art shows and stuff and uh when i started doing rpg stuff i just decided i'm gonna keep using this name well, I love the title, and I'm glad to hear it's not something nefarious. You know, I was talking with Ray Otis last week, and I was trying to tell Ray that it wasn't anything, you know, to be worried about, but you, you know how Ray is. <laughs> yeah, someone told me that, who was it that told me it reminded them of the Pinkerton logo with the all-seeing eye on it. I was like, no, just making zines. Well, I wanted to talk, I've been asking everybody about their kind of zine origin stories, you know, uh, what their first, uh, at least they remember what their first exposure was to zines. Um, do you remember how you kind of came upon zines as a medium? I think that, I think the first zines that I ever saw were uh, self-published comic books and uh, then some music zines, um, like, I think it's called Maximum Rock and Roll. There's like a long-running music review zine. Uh, and then some skateboard zines that I saw in some skate shops. Yeah, so uh, uh, do you still try to skate, or are you like me? You've retired from it? <laughs> I definitely retired. Um, I Actually, uh, I think the last month I took my board out. Um, my, my daughter, she's three. Uh, we watched some videos, skate videos on YouTube, and so she wanted to try to ride the skateboard. But other than that, no, no more skating. <laughs> yeah, you can't watch a video and not want to skate. But uh, yeah, I yeah. Uh, as a reward for having gotten into shape and losing a lot of weight a few years back, I bought myself another deck, and then I, it was like I was going to set another goal, and then that was when I would buy the trucks and the wheels. But since then, I had a friend, <laughs> like literally <laughs> – you know severely injure themselves and everything uh as we're getting on up there so yeah you know, i don't think i don't think my wife's gonna let me do it and <laughs> and, and, she, and she's wise not to <laughs> yeah i we whenever me and my daughter got out on it there's like our front porch we have like uh there's like three steps going up and i was like i could try this three stair no no i'm not gonna do it yeah, jumping is a trick now, not just the ollieing, the jumping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to. I remember skating. I used to skate all day, every day, if I could. But yeah, not not for years now. You know the same. And I know we're getting a little off topic on a zine show, but I was thinking about how much of my life it was to where if I was riding in a car, you know, I'm looking out the window. Every single thing I'm looking at, I'm I'm considering: is this skatable? You know. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's i i think skating was like one of my first like creative creative hobbies because it's like you look at the world different now when you start skating and you start looking at everything how can i turn this into something to skate on so i, I think it's like a good intro and intro to uh, creativity and also um physical activity and not only that, but a good intro into zines. That's the first uh, zines that I saw. So, um, but uh, so your first kind of for you know paid product that you put out there was in the light of a ghost star, which is kind of a, you know like a zine based game in and of itself. I was interested in how that came about, how you you know decided you know to do that, and whether you have any kind of future plans to maybe revisit that that game at any point 
Yeah. Um, in the light of a ghost star, yeah, that's the first first game I made that that uh, I put up for sale, and uh, it started as a it was the two hundred word RPG contest was actually what I started doing it for. I was just trying to write a game, um, in under two hundred words. So you, the the rules are really simple because that's how it started. Then it got a little bigger than that. Um. I made that and then it got I think in the contest it didn't get much attention but then I posted it on uh, Google Plus and a few people looked at it and started getting a good response from it and I had kind of uh, developed it out into a zine so I like printed out some copies to use to play with and posted pictures of, the, of those and uh, it kind of started getting a lot of attention and I started selling them put it on uh, drive through RPG. Um, I think right now, um, I think I'm like one cell away from getting the gold medal on drive through. So I need someone to go buy one copy of it. Oh, that shouldn't be a problem. Somebody go buy this thing. You'll love it. And so I, I know, I mean, obviously PDFs never run out, but I, I know that the, uh, the, the prints frequently, you know, sold out. Have, have you thought about doing anything else with that down the line or yes um when i first did them um i was selling i, I was making them all here at my house and it, so it kind of took a while i i think i did maybe about a hundred copies altogether. i didn't make them all at once but but i think that's how many copies were made altogether. and then um i i contacted exalted funeral and asked if they would want to carry some and they they said yes so i sent uh i sent them a batch that i made and uh those sold out and then the few i had i sold them through my website and then some uh here around town and those went out pretty quick and uh, i've been wanting to do more but kind of the the amount of work that goes into making the zines for what i and then what i was selling them for was kind of not worth it after a while yeah it's taking a lot of time so i want to do an expanded version kind of add a like new adventure and there's some new rules i've been kind of playing around with that i want to add to it so i guess it'll be like a uh ghost star uh second edition or something hopefully coming out hopefully this year i can get on that Oh, well, I'm sure people are going to love hearing that and, and that it'll do well. That That's excellent. And you kind of touched a little bit on what my next question for you was, because, you know, you're one of these folks that is able to kind of do it all, uh, whether you love doing it all or not. You know, you do the artwork, the design, uh, the layout, the, the actual physical construction of your zines and everything. Do you have a favorite aspect of the creation project? process or or you just enjoy it all or is there something in particular you really love about um creating zines and, and games um one thing i like uh, the funnest part to me is just trying to figure out the format i'm using so because i like send a lot of stuff out through uh patreon um i want to keep everything where it only i, I never want to spend more than one stamp on mailing something so I like to see like how much information, how much content can I fit on like one sheet of paper or altogether, you know, less than one ounce of paper. So it only costs a stamp to mail. So that's, so, I love that. That's being creative. That's, so that's cool. That's kind of, yeah, kind of, that's not being cheap. That's being, principle. you know, creative. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's well, I just like it, it makes me think about your Wander business card RPG, and it's one of the things I'm, you know, I've mentioned you numerous times on, on the other the blog show I do, the Hump Day Bloggerama, and one of my favorite posts of the year was you, you sharing that 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 playable and very cool little game that's on a business card. So um, I was just, it, it, it's interesting how you, you'll have a digest sized zines, you'll do you know smaller kind of folded stuff, and I'm going to have some videos and stuff up uh, showing. Uh, Nate doing the construction uh, of some some of his work, but and then you've even gone down to the business card. So uh, I'll be yeah. interested to see what you come up with next. What kind of format you're working with? I, I definitely want to do some more business card stuff. That's a, that was a lot of fun. Well, um, 
you know, your game Tunnel Goons was another thing that I mentioned on uh, Hump Day Blogorama, and shortly after you released it, there was a it was really well received, and there was this whole Tunnel Goons jam over at itch.io. And I, I was, you know, really happy and thrilled for you and blown away by how many there were. It seemed like there were, you know, almost maybe a hundred of these, maybe even more than that, uh, of, of people making hacks of it. W when you have that kind of response to something you made, I mean, obviously it made you feel good, but what, were you taken aback by that? Or how does that motivate you going forward to, you know, create stuff in the RPG sphere? Yeah, that was really cool to see that response i was expecting like 10 people maybe to uh make a hack of it um but it was i don't remember the number now there's like i know that there's like well over there's like over 50 hacks of it now maybe 60 i'll have to go back and look but um yeah that was really encouraging and uh, unexpected i i was not sure about what the response would be of like asking people to make a hack of my game because uh you know like on g plus everyone would make hacks of games but because they played a game and they liked it so i felt weird asking people like hey please come hack my game um but people did it and it worked i'm glad it worked out that way because i designed that game to be kind of a i mean it's so simple it's barely a game it's just a it was well, to be something to build build on later. So it, yeah, it, it worked out that way. Yeah, those are, those can be some of the best games, though. You know, because it's, uh, it's something that everybody can wrap their mind around and just get into the role play and something that's flexible. I mean, so many of those were really creative. There were a lot of really good ones. So um, I, I really yeah. enjoyed looking through those. Yeah, there were some great ones. Ray Otis, he may have made one of my favorite ones. The yeah, the Lords of Mars. That that one was yeah. Amazing. No, Ray, I, I love Ray's stuff. So, I, um, and you know, I don't think Ray can resist seeing something like you know Goon Jam. I, I just think <laughs> something gets triggered in Ray, and he he's got to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I love Ray's games, all, all his little games. Like, uh, man, I was just reading, reading it again. He made the one that's like a based on The Hobbit. Um, man, it's really cool, just little like Pokemon game he made. Um, yeah, with the uh, the Goon Jam, I had been before I did it. I was talking with some other uh, RPG creators, kind of about marketing and how we had seen a lot of annoying. You see a lot of annoying marketing, especially on Twitter. Uh, we had like everyone kind of had jumped to Twitter after Google Plus died. Right? Yeah, or other places too. I think I I yeah. joined some yeah. social networks that I like, never even heard of. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> MeWe and all that. <laughs> Plus yeah. Fora, you know. Yeah. I, 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 think on I, there. I think I joined like five things I've never heard of. <laughs> my all my data is out everywhere now. Yeah, same, right? I mean, it's, I'm shared all over the place. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I didn't want to miss out on on cool stuff like what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So it just, uh, it is what it is. It's, yeah. It's a necessary evil, but. Yeah, the, the whole Goon Jam thing was kind of, I was like talking to some people and I was like, just we we're kind of like brainstorming ideas to do marketing that's like not, but not in a sleazy way. Like what's a fun way to do marketing? And I was like, well, in Google Plus, you were we weren't doing marketing, but it was just community interaction. So it was like, let's just, just focus on that. And that's what, I, that was kind of the goal of it. And it, it kind of worked out, which was pretty cool. The other thing I find too, Nate, um, you know, not to blow you up too much, but you know, the talent and everything tends to get noticed and kind of rise to the top, you know, on its own merits and everything. And you, you just, you're really good at what you do and you're kind of really good at everything. So I'm not, not, no, I'm not shocked by it. I just, but it's like the effort for people to have to actually put together um, a hack and then you know lay it out and go and upload it and everything. It's not as the same as just you know making your own hack at the table or everything. It took a lot of effort. And I think it just shows uh, you know how well received that game really is. Yeah, um, I think also think was, there's some kind of some of it was sort of good timing. I think people were looking for um 
RPG community stuff to do because Google Plus had gone. So I think people were just kind of trying to get involved with stuff. So I think I had some good luck with that timing. Well, I want to talk a little bit about how people can, you know, get a hold of your stuff. And uh, you have an excellent Patreon, patreon.com forward slash HPS. And I was wondering if you might, you know, share a little bit about how it works, how the different tiers work and kind of sure. what your future plans are for that. Yeah. So on the Patreon, um, I have three tiers. I have a $2 tier that's uh, paranormal investigators. So all the paranormal investigators, you get PDFs of everything I post. Um, so I'll post like, I do a lot of like one page dungeons and stuff like that. Um, and then some artwork I'll put up. I'll like draw some things and put that up. And anyone who's a patron can use that for whatever, like they can use it in their own zines if they want to. I even sometimes I like dig through some like uh, public domain archives and we'll upload. I a, saw that a batch of public domain things. That, oh, that was that such a cool. great idea. Great idea. Yeah. Y'all Nate will be cleaning up some public domain stuff and, and having it ready for you to use in a zine. And, and that is a, a, an original idea to do. And it is really valuable. Um, Cause I imagine a lot of people fall on your Patreon, myself included, like to make zines and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and I'm I a lot of times I prefer using public domain art than doing original art because some of that old stuff is just so cool. So and I'll I'll find a bunch of stuff. I'm like, wow, this is an amazing drawing of a frog, but I have no use for it. So I'll just put it in a folder and then put it on the page. Yeah. I I saw your frog thing recently. What's that all about? I know we're getting off the topic of the Patreon. I'm gonna have links to your Patreon, your your itch page that people can uh, purchase PDFs and everything else. What's going on with the frog thing? I've only seen it like, you know, once and I, <laughs> I yeah. Um, so, well, first off, I had a bunch of cool public domain images of frogs that I didn't know what to do with. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I like was, and you know how there's like uh, every few months, there's like a new RPG acronym. Um, you've got, OSR, you've got Sword Dream. There's people always coming up with their own, uh, I guess, labels for stuff. And uh, I was trying to think, what could I do with the frogs? And uh, now I can't remember what I did with it. Um, friendly, radical, open gaming, I think is what it was. I like that. So yeah, I'm, I'll probably put it on a, my next zine, put it like on the back, a little little icon or something. And before you know it, people you don't know, you'll just see big products being released with them, just frogs all over them and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people complain about whenever like a new label comes up or something, but I love it. I, I, I say come up with all the acronyms and labels that you can. It's fun. No, nah, you know, and it's an excuse to use uh, public domain frogs. So that's what it's really all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you sit around with your friends and like come up with like band names. I feel like it. Oh, I feel yeah. like the same way about it. Just like, oh, would this, let's call it this. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, uh, we come up with, uh, we think of like death metal, you know, bands that don't exist and yeah. stuff like, like one was <laughs> like, uh, Beechuria, which is like the name for like the discolored <laughs> urine from eating beets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great band name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and someone can use that for free if you want to name your band Beechuria. Just, just credit Frost and it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a that could be a whole nother um series for you uh like <laughs> monday metal names or something yeah right that does sound up my alley uh you be you know um we did do some uh some kind of joke bands you know you know in the vein of spinal tap sort of things uh back in the day and uh so it wouldn't be too far off from some of the stuff i did what about you, Nate? Do you play music? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Uh, yes, I do. Um, like electronic stuff. I have some synthesizer, sequencer, drum machine stuff. Um, I used to be in a rap group, um, and would I'd make all the beats and stuff. And uh, but I do a lot of I do a lot of music production stuff. Well, not not a lot anymore. I pretty much do make RPGs and adventures more now. But um. I still do every once in a while. Um, I've even started doing some music stuff for some RPGs. Um, 
actually there's a new uh there was a recent uh kickstarter for uh, an adventure for the mothership rpg mm. and one of the stretch goals was a pamphlet dungeon um and it was sort of like this vaporwave uh style dungeon like this really cool kind of um alternate um like virtual reality dungeon kind of and so um sean mccoy asked me to do some do a do a song for the dungeon so there's gonna be a song with that dungeon which I'm nice because i backed that but i didn't realize that was gonna be part of it so cool uh and that kind of segues into um a zine quest i was going to talk about because there's another uh mothership zine going on right now that i that i, I backed i don't know if they kind of label that as part of zine quest or not but you know with oh, zine quest going on i, oh, I, I didn't mean to talk over you that's right i was gonna say i think i backed that one too it was right before zine quest right yeah, I'm kind of powerless if I see Mothership. I, you know, yeah. I kind of want to get it all, you know, because I came in from the yeah. front. And I think it had art by, like, I think it was Andrew Walter, maybe. And I recognized the art, and I was like, oh, I love the style of art. And then Mothership, I was like, yeah, I'll get that. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I was just click, you know. <laughs> um, but so with Zine Quest going on, it's really exciting to me as somebody that just really enjoys zines and everything. And I, I, uh, uh, I wanted to get your perspective, see if, uh, you know, there's so many launching. I've been thrilled to see so many of them already funded. I wanted to see what you thought about, about it, if there's anything in particular you're looking at. And then I haven't seen you mention anywhere that you're doing anything for ZineQuest. So I thought maybe I could get the scoop if you're going to be involved in anything this year. Uh, yes. Um, so I'm uh, doing art for a zine coming out called vanquisher by uh eric osheim uh it's a really cool uh rules light rpg that he wrote and uh i'm doing all the art for it and i think it's launching on the 11th um if not sooner but that'll be a that's a killer title vanquisher i love that yeah yeah it's really cool yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool i'm excited about that um i'm I'm planning to do um, to do a Zine Quest campaign too. Um, I've been trying to decide what what to do because I have a couple ideas. Plus, I have a few ideas. I have some that I want to do, and I have some other ones that are like, you know, at least halfway done already. So I feel like I should probably do one some that are already mostly done, just because it would be easier to get it uh, delivered on time. But uh, I'm still deciding. Um, I've got a point crawl that I've been working on, um, called, uh, uh, death chemics of the crystal wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> Titles are important. So that's awesome. <laughs> so that, that's one that I have some art and already some, some of the dungeons, um, I have like a couple dungeons for it. And, um, I kind of have to work on like kind of the, the overland map and, a maybe one or two more dungeons and some npcs and stuff but it'd be a, it'd just be like a small um point crawl that you could play with uh tunnel goons or any other old school rpg just add your own stats and you're ready to go well uh everybody y'all heard it here first make sure you're setting aside you know around 10 bucks don't 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 blow all your cash but until uh nate's kickstarter comes out for uh for zine quest you know you made me think about how important titles are and uh sometimes i'll design stuff uh just for, for the sake of using the title like uh yeah. there's like a one-page dungeon contest a while back where uh, my submission was swamp cabin of the child eater <laughs> <laughs> and uh I've got another for the next little zine, uh, the psionic little platypus pocket I, I do uh, my next one. It's just an all rot grub adventure and it's going to be a <laughs> feast of the heart eaters. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. I love just coming up with uh, like module names that where you don't know if it's some like metal album or a B movie. Yeah. yeah they just make me just want them just based on the title. So yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, so at, uh, at the end, with everyone that comes on the show, I've got the questions three, you know, the same three questions I ask everybody that, that comes on. So you ready for these? Yeah. 
All right, question number one. What makes zines so magical? Um, zines are great because you can literally publish anything you want in them. Um, no one can tell you what you can't do. Uh, you can, any, any idea that you want to pursue, you can publish yourself in a zine. You can also do weird formats that you don't normally see. Um, I like to say that no idea is too dumb for a zine. Yeah, and I love the formats too. We were talking a little bit about uh, pocket mods and stuff with, uh, you know, about Ray, Otis, and everything. I, yeah. I, I, one of the things I was telling him is just, just folding a pocket mod is just a joy to me. I just love them so much. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So, question number two What is something that you've learned making zines that you wish you had known when you started? To buy a decent stapler because your cheap stapler is going to break and don't don't assume that you can assemble 70 zines in one night because you will not be able to. <laughs> yeah, no, no way. Uh, no way. Um, but, after looking at those videos of how much work it takes you doing <laughs> one of them to do to do that 70 times. No, 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 no. I will, uh, I will warn people before joining the Patreon. There are times where it's uh, where I'm a little late in sending things out because I overestimate my ability to assemble everything on time. Well, that's another great thing about pocket mods. Why I like doing them because you can just expect someone else to print one piece of paper and yeah. fold it themselves. You know, <laughs> you don't even have to have yeah. a stapler, right? So. <laughs> But you're kind of limited, and that's why I was kind of asking you a little bit about your assembly and everything else, because you know, depending on the format, you're making different design choices, and you're, you know, making different editing choices, and it all ties in together. So, yeah, sometimes you're kind of going between, all right, what what will use the the least amount of resources, and what will be like the quickest to assemble? Because sometimes you can use one piece of paper and get eight pages out of it and you got to do all this folding and stuff but you could just use one uh one page or like a half page dungeon so you can get like two copies per sheet and you're always making these little choices to try to do i want to be quicker or do i want it to be cheaper do i want to pay in money or in labor so the final question this is always kind of a tough one um <clears throat> do you have a favorite zine have a lot of favorite scenes um i had one of the one of the first uh zines i don't know if it's one of the first but one i bought a long time ago that is one of my favorites is a zine called mind control by andrew nayer it's not an rpg zine it's just uh this guy drew these crazy pictures and put them in this little book with like a it's like this weird, the co cover is all silver and then the illustrations are all just black, but with like little spots of silver ink for parts of the drawing. And it has like a fold out poster in the middle of it. It was really cool. And it came with, I, I ordered it on, I think I bought it from Etsy. This was a, a long time ago. And it came with these like flat pack uh, black glasses, like the kind they give you after like they, the eye doctor gives you. Um, oh, yeah. after an eye test. Yeah. I think there were those, but he had like screen printed um, like eyes on the front of him. So if you wore it, it looked like he had these crazy cartoon eyes. So it was just like such a cool thing to get in the mail and be like, all right, I got this crazy book and I can put on these crazy glasses and read it. It's awesome. That's, ah, kind, of that's kind of like the magic of zines right there. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. having a product like, like that that exists. Yeah. Some, something that like you just can't get anywhere else. Um, then there's a million RPG zines. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Chromatic Soup uh, by uh, Evelyn Moreau. Yes, yes. I know we both have a shared love for Evelyn's work, so and it's good to yeah, we, hear her yeah, get we mentioned. Talked about her earlier. She, uh, yeah, she, yeah, I think I mentioned to you earlier that she was one of the creators on G+, who was always putting out so much cool stuff that really kind of inspired me to like oh, I'm, I'm gonna start posting some of my pictures and putting some of my stuff out there 
and uh, anyone who wants to join a really great Patreon should definitely join hers. Yes, I'll link that up. I've I've linked people to that before. Try to push them that way because uh, um, she's so prolific and and so original. Yeah. So yeah, so many great ideas. Like each drawing is like such a good idea in each one, and uh, she has. Um, I think it's on uh, Lulu, Lulu Publishing. Um, yeah, she's got a bunch of stuff up there. Yeah, um, Chromatic Soup. You can get that there. There's one I really like called the Kobold's Art Ex- Exhibition. That's a really great one. Yeah, yeah, and they're all she's, really affordable over there too. So she she's drawn my favorite kobolds that I've ever seen in any any RPG thing. She she draws the best kobolds. I'm hoping to have her on the show. I haven't I haven't spoken to her about it yet, but I'm I'm hoping that she will come on the show. And obviously, I love her work. So I commissioned uh, a lot of the thought eaters and stuff that I use for, mm-hmm. for my stuff. You know, um, so and there was no question. That was just immediately who I was going to go to. I just uh, really respond to, to what she does. So, yeah, she's great. Well, I am just so. Uh, thrilled that you came on the show, Nate, and it was just awesome talking to you. This was a really good conversation. I did have one final thing that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You know, as uh, you know, more and more eyes are turned to your stuff, and 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 and, and you know, face it, you're you're becoming more more successful at, at this. What have you thought about? Kind of your long term goals? Are there are there kind of dream projects you're wanting to work on or, or, you know, what, what can we expect, you know, down the line or is it, uh, is it too chaotic to even think that way right now? Um, definitely have ideas of stuff I want to do. I feel like I kind of have a habit of saying, all right, I'm working on this thing. And then I like abandon it like the next day. So someone's like, Hey, you're still working on that uh, zine about whatever. And like, well, not really. Um, so I, so anything I say might never happen, but um, I do want to work on a expanded Tunnel Goons game that's really kind of focused on um, people who've never played an RPG, like really kind of make write out explain make the explanations really clear for how to play. Because uh, I mean, I didn't play RPGs for a long time because I didn't know how to play them, and just just reading a book without someone showing you it's pretty hard to figure out i feel like tunnel goons is really simple it's such a simple game but part of it is because i think it probably um assumes some foreknowledge of rpgs to make it work so i want i really want to make like a game maybe it'd be maybe kind of board gamey a little bit but kind of a hybrid board game rpg using tunnel goons um and i want to have like a whole little like box set of it and everything it looks like a board game box that's kind of that's kind of a long-term project like have my own little game that i can hopefully get in some stores someday <laughs> that sounds cool uh, what a great goal so uh, that that is awesome well i think we'll leave it at that and uh thanks again nate i just appreciate you tremendously for coming on the show i will have links up to all of nate's stuff natremay.com uh nate's itch page patreon got some videos of uh, of nate putting some zines together uh nate sent me some images of uh some some uh some of nate's zine collection uh a bunch of good stuff so i'll have this all up to where uh where listeners can check it out and thank you so much yeah thank thanks uh for having me on and uh i i do want to recommend people to uh just like get on etsy and search like zine and you'll find so many zines like non-RPG stuff and you'll see there's all sorts of cool stuff people do that you can buy and learn from and still and put into the RPG world. That is a great tip. So I appreciate that. All right. So y'all be on the lookout for some of the zine quest stuff. Remember to save some money because uh, the Highland paranormal society is coming to zine quest at some point. Thanks again, Nate. Thank you for all. All right, so for the free zine of the week, what do I have for you this week? I'm going with Threshold, the Mistara magazine. Uh, This is hosted over at the Vaults of Pandius site. I've got links for you. They've got 24 issues so far, and this is not uh, just, you know, a five or six page, 
you know, deal. These are really substantial, full color, uh, a lot of variety, and uh, just a ton of work went into these. The folks over at uh, the Vault of Pandius uh, have done a lot of work keeping the Mastara known world setting from the old TSR days alive over the years, and these are all excellent. So be sure and go and check these out. These are all free, and uh, like I say, it's 24 issues for you to check out Threshold, the Mastara magazine. All right, so that is the show for this week. Good stuff. Wow. Good stuff. Uh, Huge thank you to Nate Tremay for coming by, joining the club. That was a great conversation. And uh, again, just a shout out to all the creators out there participating in ZineQuest. Congratulations and uh, wish you you nothing but success with the funding. Uh, I'll be backing as many as I can. So... So anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening. If you've got any comments, you can send me a message. If you use the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. Click the message button there, and you can leave me a message that way, and I can play it on the show. Or you can just send me an email, frothsoff, frothsof at gmail.com. Remember, all this stuff is over at the Thought Eater blog listed for you at frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Would you like to support the show? Yes, right? Of course you do. You can go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater. There's only one tier. It's a dollar a month. You can put in more if you want, but it's really just set up dollar a month. If you like what I'm doing, you can join the folks over there and supporting me. I appreciate y'all doing so already tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to sponsor the program, if you'd like to um, you know, do something short term or long term, on Sunday Zine Club, Hump Day Blogorama, or any of my other stuff, you can contact me one of the ways I mentioned and let me know. You can help make Sunday Zine Club better if you've got any news. I've had some people reach out to me and ask me to mention stuff, and I don't mind doing it. I'll mention it. Plug your stuff. Let people know about it. So let me know any zine-related news that's going on. If you want to send me some of your stuff, I'm not going to say no. I'd love to get a copy of stuff to review it, to plug it. Uh, so, you know, bring it on, send it. Um, and, uh, uh, if you want this, I almost forgot, I'm going to be continuing to look for more and more people to interview. If you're involved in making zines, uh, you're into creating zines and everything and want to be considered for possible interview on the show, reach out to me one of these ways and we can see if we can make it happen. I think that's all I got for you. And uh, anyway, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my weekend. going to play some 5E um, here and uh, break out the old dice tower and hear that, that sweet clickety-clack of the dice. So, Logan, take us out of here. And uh, next I'll talk to you all. will be the whole froth cycle starting again next Wednesday for Hump Day Bloggerama. See you later. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind Boom, 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 boom.